damn, I got some beer on my mic. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Monkey Finance Show podcast. Today we're going to be uh, recording episode number 55. Uh, I'm going to title this one, Nine Steps to Financial Freedom. I've had a really long day. Um, nothing like after a long day just cracking open a cold, ice cold lager and um, having that wipe away all your troubles for the day. But uh, let's talk about this nine steps to financial freedom. Um, for those of you that don't know or do know, uh, I am writing a book. And these nine steps are sort of the uh, the theme of the book. Uh, most of the book is really about these nine steps. Of course, there's a lot of stuff on the book about uh, other things that I'm passionate about, like credit cards or index investing. But uh, I really believe that these nine steps, um, if followed to a T, can help anybody, and I mean anybody, become wealthy. Now, uh, a lot of us have uh, different journeys, different starting points, and these nine steps for me uh, have been something that I followed. Now, it's like if if you look at the nine steps, and I'll cover them um, kind of broadly in this podcast, and then I can dedicate a sort of maybe a episode per step um, to get more in depth. But uh, it's really a mixture of where my financial journey started, uh, which was back in uh, August and early September of 2018, um, when a coworker recommended Dave Ramsey. Of course, I picked up the Total Money Makeover, learned about the baby steps, and uh, uh, got my uh, garden shears out, cut up some credit cards, and I was well on my way. And I think I owe uh, Dave Ramsey a lot of credit for not only starting my financial journey, but helping me get out of debt. Uh, $87,000 worth of debt is what me and my wife paid off in uh, the latter half of 2018 and the beginning of 2019. Uh, this is with a household income of about 150000 So to knock out 87000 while only making 150, that's pre-tax. Once you add taxes, it's more like 120 or 110. Uh, we really were able to do the rice and beans thing and really become intentional. And uh, fortunately for me, I guess, I didn't go all the way through with the baby steps uh, because by the time I saved up my emergency fund and I was ready to start investing 15% of my income, at that time I had uh, books from John Bogle, and Jill Collins also had podcasts from Paul Merriman in my head. And I shied away from the Dave Ramsey style of investing and moved on to sort of um, a mixture of a Paul Merriman, John Bogle, and Jill Collins style of investing, which all three, by the way, John Bogle, the godfather of index investing, uh, Jill Collins, uh, the famous author of The Simple Path to Wealth, and the uh, uh, the simplicity of what he preaches really uh, uh, attracted me to, to his work. And then Paul Merriman, uh, as I like to call Mr. Small Cap Value, uh, that's where I got the whole uh, uh, sort of um, idea about small cap value, right? So my work and these steps are really an integration of different people's uh, people's proven strategies, right? So I always... Um, I always get angry. Uh, maybe angry is not the right word. I get maybe angry is the word. Let me take a sip of this apple juice. I guess I get frustrated if I want to really think about it. When I see stupid advice online, and a lot of that is just other people's opinions, 
And what I share is my experience, not so much my opinion, right? So my experience is I did this, I did this, I did this, and now I'm here. And by no means, I'm not a multimillionaire, but I'm well on my way to get there, right? With these, uh, with this proven strategy. And really, I'm not saying that if you if you follow Dave Ramsey's baby steps all the way through, you're going to get there. There's no doubt about it. If you follow these nine steps that I'm outlining, you're going to get there. And I'm sure there's a whole lot of other steps that other credible um, uh, financial experts put out there. You'll probably get there. It's really, uh, at the end of the day, it's really about do you believe that you can get there or not? And with these nine steps, I want to help help you bridge that gap to believing because unlike Dave Ramsey or John Bogle or Jail Collins or Paul Merriman, I think I'm closer to being a real person, somebody who is kind of like you. Uh, there's nothing special about me. I, I didn't run a mutual fund. I, I don't have a multi-million dollar company. I wasn't a financial advisor. Um, I'm just a regular guy. And to show you that I can do it means that you can do it as well, right? There's If there's nothing special about me and I'm able to do it, well, that means you can do it as well. So the nine steps, uh, again, are, are going to be a mixture of everything. Let's just go ahead and lay them out. That way you guys uh, know where I'm coming from and you're kind of aware of uh, where I'm at. So the first step to financial freedom, and I don't know if I can, maybe I might change later the title of this uh, when I, as, as I finish writing the book. I don't know if, I like the nine steps to financial freedom, but who knows, maybe I'll change it to something else. Um, first step is to save one month of your income. Now, this probably might sound familiar to uh, Dave Ramsey's uh, baby step one, which is $1,000 emergency or starter emergency fund. I uh, I, I don't think $1,000 in, in today's day and age is going to cut it. I really don't as far as the starter emergency. So I'm a big believer in having a really solid foundation before you get on a financial journey because setbacks will happen. And it happened to me, and I know it happens to to everybody. So having one month worth of your income, uh, this step is so important because it's probably going to be the hardest step. This is going to be the step where you say, okay, from this point forward, I'm changing my life. And saving one month of your income is not easy. You have to live on less than you make. You have to budget. You have to be intentional with savings probably for the first time in your life. It's hard. It's like when you start that brand new diet and you just can't stick to it. It's very, very hard. So this step was created to intentionally be a little bit harder than just $1,000. I feel like saving $1,000 today is, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's its a lot easier than saving one month of your income. The other thing is one month of your income gives you a huge buffer zone. So when, when that bad stuff does happen, which we know it's going to happen, uh, I don't want you to get off track on these steps. Uh, one month of your income helps you stay on track. Uh the second step to financial freedom is probably going to be the easiest. So I hit you with the hardest first to test your belief, to test your conviction, make sure you are ready to do this. Uh, the second step is quite simple. It's invest up to the free match in your 401k. I think this is where my advice starts to uh, steer away from Dave Ramsey. And no, again, no offense to or disrespect intended to Ramsey and Ramsey Solutions, the whole team and everything they've created. I'm forever indebted to them for helping me get on this journey. 
But I also understand that the power of investing is a little bit uh, a greater than the power of paying off debt. And I, I'm not trying to, as I go into these steps, you'll see that I'm not trying to say you shouldn't pay off your debt. But investing is so powerful if you start young. And it's even more powerful when there's free money involved that uh, I think you should invest up to the free match in your 401k, even if you're in debt. And uh, one, you're leaving free money on the table if you don't. And two, this isn't going to be life-changing money. It's not like if you invest up to the free match in your 401k, you're going to be able to pay. Uh, you're not going to pay off your debt in time. Uh, usually, this is a hundred fifty, two hundred dollars a month difference. Uh, that's not really going to help you get debt-free any faster. The the, the thing that helps you get fr- debt-free is living on way less than you make, being intentional uh, with where uh, you're you're spending your money, and having a budget. That's what's going to help you get out of debt. Uh, but this will help you later on in the steps and it's going to help build a good foundation when it comes to your investing. So invest only up to the free match in your 401k. No other type of investing. I don't want you to get cute with it and then start a Roth IRA. I know how powerful it is. I promise I know how powerful it is. But I don't want it to sidetrack uh, uh, getting out of debt because if you try to do two things at once, you're not going to do them well. You're going to half-ass both of them. Uh, th- this is where the in- intentionality comes. You have to intentionally try to win. And and when you do that, that means focusing on each step and giving it all you got. The reason this is the easiest step is you got to click a few things online and probably good to go. You're, you're set up. Um, and this is a set it and forget it type of deal. Now, when it comes to investing in your 401k, you want to invest in one of two things. For sure, you want to invest in index funds, right? This is straight straight up. You don't need no professional financial advisor uh, to guide you through anything. This is really simple stuff. You want to buy low-cost, broadly diversified index funds, such as total U.S. stock market, total international market funds. Or you want to invest in target date index funds. Uh, those usually have a number attached to the end of the fund. It's like a 2055, 2060. Uh, the, the number is intended to be the year or close to the year that you retire. And these have a, uh, a built-in fund of funds, if you will, where they're broadly diversified. And they also have a, what's known as a glide path, meaning that as you get closer to retirement, they become more and more conservative and less risky, which is exactly what you need. They're, they're more uh, risky and uh, aggressive up front, and then towards the back end, they're more conservative. So uh, that's what you want to be looking at, uh, at when you're in your 401k uh, investing up to the free match. Step number three, pay off all your debt except your mortgage. Here it is, right? This is, I told you, it's very important that you become debt-free and we're not going to skip around or kick the can down the road when it comes to debt. And when I say all of your debt except your mortgage, I mean all of your debt. I don't care if you have an interest-free car like I did. I don't care. I don't care if you have crazy credit card reward points that get you free vacations. I don't care. Pay it off and stop using it. And in this step, really, it, it, it's where all that, the first step comes uh, magnified, right? So you, you're, you've, in the first step, you've learned to live on less than you make. You've learned to put some money away. You've learned to budget. Now, in, in, in the third step, you're really taking it to the next level. You're getting way more intense. I don't want you to hang around in this step for a long time. Of course, some of you might have much, much greater debt, debt 
than what your annual income is. So typically, a good rule of thumb is uh, whatever, let's say you make, uh, in my case, I was making 150000 as our household income. Half of that uh, should be going towards debt, right? 50% of your annual income should be going towards debt in this step. So uh, very easy to figure out how long you're going to be in this step. If you have $50,000 worth of debt and you make $100,000 a year, hopefully within a year, year and a half, you'll be out of debt. Uh, again, I know the, the the lower your incomes, the harder this is going to be. It's not like, you know, if you're making 40000 and you got $20,000 worth of debt, it's going to be hard for you to get out of debt in one year because after you pay taxes, you're really not going to have a lot left over. But within reason, year to 18 months, I would say uh, no more than two years for anybody who's got you know less than 50% of their annual household income in debt. Um, now, if you have high student loans, like 100, 200, 300,000, some of you might have, it's going to be a longer journey and, and you're going to have to buckle down this entire time, and I'm going to use that word again, the I word. You have to be intentional. You don't you don't win at this stuff by accident. You don't just wake up and say, well, I'm going to win. No, you have to be intentional day in, day out, day in, day out. That means not eating out. Uh, that means not ordering Amazon. That means you're not uh, getting food delivered or any other delivery services. You're not subscribing to a thousand different things. All that stuff needs to go away in this step. And the faster you get this uh, done, the faster you can get this debt out of your life, the better off you're going to be. Uh, ask anybody. I'm not the only one. We do have some private members now that are debt-free, and uh, they will proudly proclaim that it's good being debt-free. And if you become debt-free and you say, gosh, that was dumb. I wish I never became debt-free. It's super easy to go back into debt. If that's what you want to do, go knock yourself out. But I promise you, once you become debt-free, once that car is paid for, the next time you sit in that thing and you drive it, it just feels different. Same thing. Once your once your credit card's cut up and the next time you go and you, you buy something and you use your debit card or you use cash, it just feels different. It's a different mentality. It's really hard to explain, but um, it is. So that's the third step. Fourth step uh, is to save it three to six months worth of your income. Now, again, I'm using your income and not three to six months of your expenses. This is the the step. The first step was uh, getting you uh, acclimated to living on less than you make, how to save and all that stuff. Now, once you've paid off the debt, you're a serious saver. You know how to save. So all that money that you're using to pay off debt, uh, you're going to want to apply to this step and you're going to save up three to six months of your income very quickly, very, very quickly. So if it took you 12 months to pay off $50,000 worth of debt uh, and you're making 100000 then it shouldn't take you more than hopefully um, a year to get three to six months of your income. Now, three to six months, again, is going to depend on where uh, your job security lies. If If you have like a government job and you don't see it going away, probably three months is good. If you have like a sales commission job and it's seasonal, it's up and down, six months might be better. Uh, but this will be your permanent emergency fund that you're going to stick into a savings account or a money market account. And you're not going to invest this money. You're going to stick this in, in an FDIC insured account. And it's going to be your rainy day fund. It's going to be your insurance policy against things that can happen in life. And bad stuff happens all the time. Maybe if you had a a good luck streak of five, six years of nothing bad happening, you're overdue for something bad to happen. And I don't mean to 
uh, talk negatively or uh, put a curse on you, but this is just how life works. This is how the, how, how the universe operates, and eventually it's going to rain, and, and you better be ready, and this fund better be in, in an FDIC account ready to liquidate on a, on a day's notice, but you don't want to have it so that you can reach it super easy because sometimes we can make up emergencies in our head, um, like, oh, my kitchen remodel was an emergency. No, it's not. You just don't like the cabinets or the hardware, but that's not an emergency. We're talking about real emergencies here. And then step uh, number five is to max out Roth IRA first and then all other tax advantage counts. So we're bringing back the investing. Took took us five steps, but we're here. We're finally ready to get intentional about investing. And if you just, the, the way I'm building these steps out, it's sort of like uh, when you think about building a house, the first step, which is to save uh, the, the one month of your income, that's like digging out where the foundation slab is going to go. The second step of getting the, the free 401k match, that's pouring and I should say framing and pouring the foundation. Um, that's going to be what's going to help you become financially free is, is, is the 401k, is the investments. But we're just getting the foundation line, uh, uh, poured there in, in step two. Uh, step three is uh, paying off all that debt. That is framing the house now. Uh, once you pay off all the debt, uh, you can frame the house so that um, basically you have a structure now to build inside of. Uh, step four, which was to save the three to six months, that's like putting a roof on your house, right? You're you're covering the roof so that when it rains, water doesn't get in. And now, step five, maxing out the Roth IRA and all other tax advantage accounts, you have now begun uh, to work inside this house. You're, you're framing for the drywall. You're putting up the drywall, the electrical, the plumbing, all that stuff that goes into a house. This is what this step is. You, you want to solidify your plan, uh, and the way you do it is with Roth IRA first, other tax advantage accounts next. And max. Everything needs to be max. You will probably spend the most amount of time on this step. Now, maxing your Roth IRA is pretty easy. If you're under 50, it's 6K. If you're over 50, it's 7K. Pretty easy to do. Most of you should be able to do this. Maxing out all other tax advantage accounts, on the other hand, is very difficult to do. Uh, max for a 401k is like 20500 That's a lot of money. Um, just that in the Roth, let's say you're making $100,000 a year. Uh, just that in the Roth is going to be like a 26% savings rate post-tax uh, because you want to use Roth options wherever possible because Roth is money you've already paid taxes on, but that once it goes into a Roth account, it grows tax-free. And being a tax-free millionaire is a lot better than being a pre-tax millionaire because tax-free means you get to keep all of it. Uh, and not that pre-tax is bad. There's always a time and place for it, but ideally you want to max out all Roth IRAs and all other Roths first, and then other tax advantage accounts like HSAs, 529s, um, 401ks, TSPs if you're a government employee, um, and, and any tax advantage account that you can get your hands on. You want to make sure it's maxed out. The next thing is uh, the sixth step to freedom is to save for kids' college. Now, the theme of the first five steps is to get your house in order. Right, we're pouring the foundation. We put framing on the outside. We put the roof on the house. We got the interior interior 
uh, rough plumbing, electrical, all that stuff done, framing on the inside, we got the drywall. Now we're building out the kids' room in the house. And, and it's important that you're taken care of first before you focus on, on your kids. It's kind of like that whole saying when you're in an airplane and they say, put on your uh, oxygen masks first before helping others. The reason for that is if you try to put other people's oxygen masks on first, you're going to pass out and then you can't be a help to anybody. Um, so once your financial house is in order, you can start building your kids' room. And it's going to be important to save for kids' colleges using 529s. Um, we have a student loan problem. We have a student loan crisis, I should say, in America. And I think the parents suck at helping their kids out. And I do want to put this burden on parents. Uh, being a new parent myself, I, I would really, it would break my heart if my kid had to take out student loans. And there is other options out there. I'm not saying that, um, how do I, I, I want to put this nicely, but I'm not saying that, you know, your kid um, shouldn't go to the best school. Your kid shouldn't have the best education, but I'm saying within reason, right? So sometimes parents get carried away and they live through their kids and, and maybe they have regrets in their life and they push their kids to, to go to universities they couldn't go into or Maybe they listen to the kids because the kids say, oh, I like this campus because it has a pretty quad or whatever the case may be. Uh, there is ways to get a degree uh, debt-free or cash flowed, right? So uh, one way is if the parents are saving early. And, you know, if, if you're uh, somebody who has young kids, like me, I have a six-month-old, now is the time to save. But, of course, you want to make sure your house is in order first. But once you get to this step, I don't care how old your kids are, you have to... Uh, I work really, really hard on this step to make sure that your kids' schooling is taken care of so that your kids, once they graduate college, that they have a clean slate to work with. You don't want them to start back in, in, in the first or second step with debt, right? You, that's not what we want. So very, very important uh, that in, in this step that you focus on uh, saving for, for your kids' future and Sometimes just putting down, a, putting a little away uh, makes a big difference. Uh, step seven is to pay down your mortgage early. Now, I know a lot of you out there have your opinions about, oh, well, the interest rate's so low. If you just take out a 30-year mortgage and you invest the difference in VTI, you're going to be a millionaire. Blah, blah. Guys, we're talking about real life. I don't care about your theories. I don't care about your opinions. I live this stuff. So having paid off one mortgage through a sale of property and now having a 15-year fixed mortgage that I'm paying down early. Um, first of all, if you're getting a 30-year mortgage, I think you're out of your mind. Paying debt or being in chains for 30 years is ridiculous. Freaking ridiculous. Why do you want to have a payment for 30 years? You know how much, when you add all the interest, do you know how much that house is going to cost you over the next 30 years? It's going to be a whole heck of a lot of more money than if you just took out a 15-year. The other thing is, I hear the argument, well, I'm getting a tax write-off or a tax deduction for my mortgage interest. See, I think a lot of people struggle with math. Okay, let's say, uh, let's use round numbers, for example. You pay 10000 in uh, interest to your mortgage company, and you get that full $10,000 write-off. Well, how much do you owe? What's your tax bracket? Let's say you're at the 
easy numbers. You're at the 25% tax bracket. So you got a $2,500 write-off. You freaking paid $10,000 in interest so that you can save $2,500 on your taxes. Where does that math work? Please explain where does that math work? So you'd rather give away $10,000 needlessly to save $2,500 on taxes. Stupid. The other argument that's stupid is take out a 30-year mortgage and invest the difference in your payment because your payment's going to be a lot less. So a lot of you are cheating because, again, you're supposed to get a 15-year fixed where your house house payment is no more than 25% of your take-home pay. But a lot of you can buy a whole heck of a lot more house you figure it out if you just go on a 30. Well, one, you're paying, you're in debt for 30 years, so good luck with that. You're going to pay for that house double what a 15-year would uh, in interest, even more than double. But the second issue is you have this false belief in your head. You're doing math, but you're doing it as backwards. You think that for the next 30 years, every single month, you're going to invest the difference. You really think that. You, you, you have no regard for what happens in life. Life isn't linear. Not, I bet you you're not even going to make it 12 months doing that, and then you're going to find something to spend that difference on. Well, I need a new car, or I need this, I need, and boom, that difference stops getting invested and starts getting spent. So you could do whatever you want. I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to hold anybody's hand. I just think, I, I just find it so funny when people try to be logical in a uh, in a in illogical scenario, right? I'm trying to give you building blocks that work. I'm trying to give you stuff that is time tested, that is proven, not what your opinion is. Because I've listened to broke people's opinions, and I had a negative net worth listening to broke people's opinions. But the 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 moment I started listening to people that have actually done this, all of a sudden. My net worth started growing and it became positive first and now it's well over 350000 So I don't need your opinion. And if you don't agree with me, that's fine, but I do not need your opinion. All right, after we pay down the mortgage, I want you to invest the excess. This is the eighth step. Invest excess money in a brokerage account, a regular taxable account. This is the time to open taxable accounts after all this other stuff has been done. Now... If some of you have desires or plans to retire early, you probably are going to want to flip these two steps. You might want to or do them side by side. Very few times would I say do any steps side by side. But in this scenario, I can see you paying down the house early and saving it in a brokerage account. Um, if you plan to retire early, uh, the brokerage account could be used as a bridge account. I am in this step myself where I'm in sort of a limbo between step seven and step eight. I'm paying down my mortgage early, but I'm also investing all my excess after I max out all my tax advantage into a taxable account because I do plan on retiring early. This is where the taxable account comes into play. Some of you, again, have... Uh, have outsmarted yourself, and the first account that you're investing in is a taxable account. So you're bypassing all these tax, wonderful tax advantages so that you can be an idiot and invest in an account that you've, one, you're investing money that you've already paid taxes on, and two, any gains you're still going to pay taxes. 
just blows my mind. And then some people are so smart. I've seen on YouTube and I've stopped watching YouTube. I'm just done with that crap. Some of you are so smart on YouTube, these YouTubers themselves, that they have a taxable account. Their Roth IRA is like $3,000. Their taxable account is 45000 And in their taxable account, they're holding uh, income uh, uh, ETFs or income funds that distribute income. And I'm just like, Jesus, oh my God, these people are just, they're stupid. So don't be like these people. Uh, have a brokerage account. I'm not saying don't, but there's a time and place for it. In and only once these other steps have been fulfilled, and only if if you if you are retiring early, should you do it in the same step as as your mortgage. Otherwise, do the mortgage first. Uh, trust me, you're gonna you're gonna love to love a paid for house. Last step, step nine, is to live, give, and spend like a millionaire. And the matter of fact is here, the truth is, if you follow these steps, you will become a millionaire. But once you become a millionaire, a multimillionaire, you need to live uh, like a millionaire. And I'm not saying you should go blow all your money. I just mean that loosen up a little bit. You're a millionaire now. You can relax. Uh, giving, I think, it, everybody has their own spiritual walk and their own spiritual journey. But what I've found in life is the more you give, the more you get back. One, but the giving from the heart, the giving where um, you 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 tip a waitress a hundred dollars and and see her smile, or uh, you know you surprise somebody with food or uh, a homeless man with a bunch of clothes, whatever the case may be. But th- those kinds of impacts in your life where you're giving back to the less fortunate. Uh, in, in my religion, there's a a, a huge um, uh, uh, debt. I guess that we that we who have wealth uh, owe to the less fortunate, and the way we pay that debt back is by giving, uh, and, and giving to the less fortunate, or whether it's our family, friends, or just strangers on the street we don't know. But always giving back to the less fortunate um, is going to be very important. And you also want to not not be afraid to spend the money, right? Like you you did all the hard work. You laid down the, a great foundation. You got out of debt. You got an emergency fund. You've taken advantage of your tax advantage account. You've saved for your kids' college. You paid off your mortgage. Um, you're investing your excess in in your bridge account. It's okay to spend if if you know, uh, like me, I've I've been trying to buy this dang Nissan Titan XD diesel truck for a long time, and I can't do it yet. I just I'm. I'm I'm not there yet, right? I'm not there yet financially. I have these other steps that I'm trying to accomplish. But eventually, uh, you know, I will get the truck. I will get the RV. I will get that stuff. Um, and I have to tell myself, it's okay. You've done a good job. Now, you shouldn't get it while you're still uh, in, in step five, right? If you're still trying to max out your tax advantage accounts, I don't want you to be doing this. But if you're paying down, or if you've already paid off the mortgage and you have excess money, and you know you're investing some in your bridge account. It's okay to use money out of your taxable account and spend it on whatever you want. It's not like you, it's going to set you back, right? It's okay to spend. It's okay to give. It's okay to live a more meaningful life. And and money makes it fun, right? Uh, the reason I don't want you to live this way in the beginning is because you're broke. And when you're broke and you're living like this, you're just you're going to get yourself into a bigger hole. But once you're finally uh, out of that hole and, and you're successful with money, it's okay to spend it. Money is fun. It's meant to be. It's just a tool. 
Uh, there's no reason to hoard money. There's no like uh, once you die, that money goes away, goes to other people. So there, there's no point to hoard of hoarding it, thinking that you know you can take take the damn uh, uh, money with you when you pass away. So that's the nine steps to freedom. That's what the new book is going to be all about. That's the theme of the book. Of course, it's going to include personal stories of mine as I uh, am working these steps. Of course almost um on on the the last step here once i get the mortgage paid off but uh it's 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 been a journey the last four four and a half years for me and i'm so excited to put it all down uh in the book and have something tangible uh that i can refer people to and honestly i'm excited to make a change on on the youtube side too i think for a long time now the youtube channel um i just haven't been having fun doing that thing and uh, I want to have some fun again. And I don't know how many of you guys know or don't know my story, my journey, but uh, I want to share more of that, more of these wealth building strategies, and and not so much focus on the intricacies of investing. I think I've um, probably uh, beat a dead horse when it comes to investing topics on YouTube. And honestly, I'm just not having fun doing them. Uh, investing simple, uh, low cost, probably diversified index funds. But these wealth building steps, these are more uh, of the things we should be focused on and not so much of, well, this fund has a four basis point expense ratio. This one's three. This one's better. Or just this is not stuff we should be focused on. So hopefully you guys um, enjoyed listening to this podcast, episode 55. Thank you so much. Um, A few ways you can help me out uh, if you're listening on the Apple podcast side. Please uh, hit the five stars if you think I deserve five. You can, of course, rate as whatever you think I deserve and leave a review, and I'll be glad to leave uh, to read your review here live on air. Also, if you think this podcast was not just helpful to you, but maybe helpful to a friend or a family member, please pass it along. Um, it's very hard to for me to grow, really just only growing through wor- word of mouth and from all my wonderful private members and friends and family that have been uh, sharing my message with their friends and family. And that's really the only way I'm going to be able to grow. So I would really appreciate if you guys can do that for me. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. And as always, remember, move obstacles, keep investing.